What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 50 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life by looking at the game from abstract but popular angles. Uh, we're coming at you live on Facebook, as always. Once again, it is a Wednesday. It's a hump day. And here in my hometown of Idaho Falls, they've started doing this thing called a Live After Five or Live After Five. I think the, it, it gets kind of used interchangeably. But essentially, local musicians will play at a little park just outside my office building here. And there is beer consumed. And the music can be kind of loud sometimes. So you might hear that come through the microphone. Just know that that's happening. Um, but I honestly don't really care. I think it adds to the raw factor. Uh, since we are bringing sports back to life, I think distractions are welcome on this podcast. Um, but with that aside, today we are going to be talking about some NBA finals through and through. We're going to give a preview, talk about maybe some predictions and some storylines to watch. But we're going to give a good preview on this matchup. Um, this is my favorite time of the year when it comes to sports is the NBA finals. And this one has a lot of a lot of interest from a lot of different angles. So I hope to cover a lot of that today. And I hope we can get a good discussion going as the show moves forward here on Facebook Live. So uh, welcome to episode 50. Let's get this thing rolling. All right, guys, let's get this thing on, on the road. For all of you NBA 2K League fans, I uh, do want to let you know that I have collected the data for all the stats that have uh, been accrued in week three for all of the teams that played this Friday and Saturday. I was out of town at a, a wedding celebration for some good friends uh, in you know a couple hours away from where I'm at, and I had a really good time there. And it, it, it took all the time away from me from being able to ca uh, capture the stats on like a Sunday night like I like to. But it was totally fine. It was a well-needed or a much-needed visit with a bunch of friends from college. So um, congratulations to John and Mariah on the wedding. Um, love you guys. Had a great time at the wedding, and I hope that they um, have a good uh, – that, that wedding is a good send-off for their marriage. So congratulations to them. But today, uh, I'm we're here to talk about NBA Finals. Just know that if you're a 2K League fan, the stats will be up hopefully later tonight. I just got to go through and update the stats on their on all the individual players' pages. Um, luckily, only about 10 or so teams play in a given day, so uh, I can handle that. You know, if it was all 17, man, it'd be rough every week. But let's go ahead and just dive right into these NBA Finals. Oh my gosh! Before we do, let me play this transition. Do you like how I mentioned the transition before I play the transition instead of just letting it happen? Yeah, that's how I do things around here. Uh, <laughs> so I want to just kind of paint a little picture for you guys going into these 2018 NBA Finals. If you're a basketball fan at all, you probably know that this is the fourth time in a row that the Cavs and Warriors have met in the NBA Finals. So I guess you could call it a re-re-rematch. Um, <laughs> and I always get that wrong because I want to say re-re-re-rematch, but really it's a rematch only three times because the first time was just a match. And there's some grammar for you or something. I don't know. I don't, know what you, I don't think you would call that grammar. I don't know. Uh, and so there's, this matchup has, has a little bit more significance when it comes to previewing it because it has a history behind it. Um, we're not just talking about the first time these two teams have met in the finals. We're not talking about like 
uh, different players necessarily. I mean, in in one team in particular, we are talking about different players, but <laughs> and you think I'm, you probably know what I'm talking about, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But this is a a, a couple of teams that have met each other the last four years, and uh, as uh, I don't I don't remember who said this. Um, it might have been Coach Ty Lu. I think he said every season is different. Every year is different. Um, you don't always take the exact same path to get to the finals as you did the year before or five years in the past. Uh, hello there. Welcome to the broadcast. Welcome to episode 50 of the podcast. Um, happy to have you in the chat. Uh, we're talking about some NBA finals all day or all night, the whole the whole show. And I don't really know how long this show is going to go because typically we start at like 9 o'clock Eastern time, but... I've been starting earlier and earlier just because it, I feel like it, it makes the most sense. Um, so I've been doing it at six, my time. So eight o'clock Eastern. So feel free to chime in on the discussion and what you think, but I was just starting to talk about this matchup between the Warriors and the Cavs, how they've been that, you know, they, they know each other really well. I guess that's one way to put it. Um, you go back to 2015, I was looking at some numbers, you know, and, Back in like, oh my goodness, yeah. So I'm looking at Steph Curry. So he's the guy that was sort of the impetus that brought the Warriors onto this stage that they have. And I say that because he's been their highest scorer for, oh man, I don't know how many years. Because I know he wasn't when he first came in, in 2009, 2010, um, even 10 and 11. But around 2011 and 12 season, he started to uh, find his comfort zone, have a little more confidence. Um he, when he came out of Davidson in college, he was a pretty small player. And I think a lot of people were worried about that. And he also had some injuries with, you know, he kept rolling his ankles. And so he developed a work a workout routine with his coaches to strengthen his ankles and, and uh, basically try to avoid that chronic injury that kept happening. And I know what that's like. I've rolled my ankle ankles a couple times each probably and once recently and once it happens once, I feel like the ligaments down there are just a little more stretchy and they're more pr- more prone to to just giving up on you. So I know how that can be. And with him having the support staff around him and the medical staff, they prob- they tape him up so good, I'm sure. And they do they do everything they can to prevent injury. So he's in he's in good hands now. But once he finally came into his own around 2013, 2014, this kid started putting up numbers like, um, you know, we're we're talking about. Oh, I'm looking at totals. I want to look at I want to look at per game stats here really quick. So just to lay it out for you a little bit, uh, his points per game averages went from like starting his career went from 17 to 18, 14, and then in 2012, 2013, that's where things start to get interesting for Steph. He jumped from 14 up to 22, almost 23 points a game, then up to 24. Stayed around 24 in, in 14, 15. And then in 2015, 2016, 30 points a game. 2016, 2017, 25 points a game. And this year he's at 20, or he had 26 points a game in the regular season. These are all regular season numbers. And so it's safe to say that around 2012, he kind of got his confidence in the NBA. Probably got more minutes too. Um, I know that Baron Davis played on that team for a little bit. I'm not entirely sure what years. Um, but uh, welcome to the show, Mark. Shout out. Thanks for joining the discussion. 
Uh, just get. I'm trying to give a really in-depth preview of uh, of this NBA Finals. Um, has a lot of history to it, and I, it all kind of starts with Steph Curry because it was if it wasn't for him back in 2015 having the crazy season he did, I don't think that they would get to where they are. Well, I mean, it's good that he stayed on their team for the, the next three years, but back in 2015, they would have never got to the championship if it wasn't for him. This is a guy who found his confidence. He uh, he shot 300, or no, he shot almost 800 three-pointers, like 789 to be exact. Okay, that's a lot of three-pointers in the season. That's got to be a record for the most shots. But... Not only did he put up that many, he almost made half of them. <laughs> I mean, he made 324 out of 789. That's, I don't know, 40%, something like that, which is still kind of crazy. And that's me just kind of doing math off the top of my head. Don't trust it. Um, but that, the 324 three-pointers made was a new record for a player in a regular season. So with that kind of scoring, the cat. this is the, also the year that the Cavs got LeBron James back, if I understand correctly. Um, let me, sorry, let me pull up another tab here. I need another tab. Uh, this one. And I would hope that it kind of shows you. So I'm looking at stats.mba.com. I'm just kind of uh, freestyling as I look at some of the things I'm talking about. There's only one LeBron James on here. Go figure. Um, so let's see. It doesn't really mention uh, what teams he played for, what years anyway. Oh, here we go. Team. <laughs> it's right in front of my face. Okay, so LeBron came back to Cleveland 2014-2015. So that was the first time he went to the finals after coming back to Cleveland, and it was the first time Steph Curry made it to the finals in his somewhat young career. I mean – at the 2014-15 season, it was Steph Curry's sixth season. He's now in it. This is his ninth, just to give a little bit of uh, context there. Um, and so that's just really interesting. The The year that LeBron comes back to Cleveland, he goes to his, I believe, at, the, at that point, fifth straight NBA Finals. The last four were with the Miami Heat. Um, <clears throat> and then Steph Curry making almost 300 he makes 324 three-pointers kind of leads his team to the the NBA finals and they end up getting that win 4 to 2 over the Cleveland Cavaliers and i don't even know what players were on their teams back then i mean the warriors are virtually the same minus a few people i know that back in 2015 the warriors had uh David Lee uh, that's one guy i can remember um but other than that, they had Steph Curry, they had Klay Thompson, they had Draymond Green back then. Um, and I, I don't even remember who their center was. I think it was David Lee, if they, unless there's another guy. Uh, they had David West. I remember that guy. He was there too. So their team was a little bit different than it is now. But you look back at 2015, can you remember what players were on the Cavaliers? I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, they've gone through so much turnover in the last few years, even this year that it's kind of hard to pinpoint what players were on which championship team. But I'm pretty sure back then they had like Anderson Verjao. Um, he came over with LeBron, I think, in the trade. Um, man, I, <laughs> like who was the point guard? Was it Kyrie still back then? I think it was. It must have been Kyrie, and maybe he had JR with him. I'm not entirely sure. But 
The Warriors ended up winning that one 4-2. to two. And so we go into 2016, and, uh, you know, Curry had a hell of a season, won his first championship um, in his sixth season as an NBA player. And so he had a lot of confidence coming into the next season in 2015-2016. Uh, this dude literally, he just built right on top of what he did the previous year. Um, he shot 886 three-pointers, so almost exactly 100 more than the year before. That is a lot. That is so many three-pointers. And <clears throat> he made 400 of them, 402. So he broke his own regular season record for three-pointers made in a consecutive season which is insane. And then the team goes on to have the best record of all time, 73 and 9, which is it beat the the MJ's Bulls who had 72 and 10. And I believe that was when Steve Kerr was there. So kind of crazy that Steve Kerr is connected to this whole situation as well. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> but after having the best season of their of of all time, they go on to lose in a game seven. And as, Le- as LeBron says, there's no better two words <clears throat> in the English language than game seven. At least that's, I'm pretty sure that's what he says. I'm just kind of paraphrasing at this point, but it's, it blows my mind that they were able to will them way their way to get a seven game set or a game seven win coming back from a three, one deficit. That was the big thing, right? <clears throat> Um, when that happened, the internet wouldn't let the Warriors hear the end of it. They kept giving them crap. Like, oh, you blew a 3-1 lead, similar to the you know 28-5 lead that the, the Falcons blew against the Patriots in that Super Bowl around the same time. Uh, <laughs> and I believe coming back from a 3-1 deficit, especially in the finals, had never happened before. So that was a crazy turn of events there in 2016. But, I mean, if we go back and look at some of the numbers, uh, like LeBron, you know, we know how LeBron do. He's been averaging almost 30 points a, a game every season he's been in the NBA. Almost. Not quite. Um, I mean, just glancing at it, going from 05, 06 to when he started, I'm just going to rattle off some numbers here in order from till now. Okay, points per game in regular season. 30, 25, 28, 35, 29, 23, 30, 25, 27, 30, 26, 32, and 34. So this is the second highest points per game average he's ever had in a season. And that comes after the 08, 09 season where he had 35.3. He's averaging almost the exact same number of minutes, but that's kind of been the same throughout his entire career. And we all know that the, I mean, if you're a basketball fan, you've been following it pretty closely you know that LeBron's been playing ridiculous minutes to try and get his team victories because in, in his older age, he isn't really showing his older age. I mean, there was there were signs in the Eastern Conference Finals in like game five or game six where he was just gassed. It was one of the games that... Um, that <clears throat> um, oh, geez, I'm blanking. Who did they play? Who did they play? Oh, that's fun. Uh, they played the Boston Celtics. That's right. Sorry. Sorry about that mix up. Oops. I had to see that the, the bracket there for a second. Um, but yeah, anyways, he was gassed in one of those games and 
basically Doris Burke did some investigative research and talked to the Cavs reporter who travels with the team and everything. And she said that LeBron really prides himself on showing no signs of tiredness. And he was showing all the signs of being tired in that game, like hands on the hips, head down, gasping for air, uh, like, you know, all the things you could imagine. But he is 33 years old and he's a bigger dude and he's played every game this season. That's the first time he's ever done that. Games played. Uh, oh, I'm looking at. Oh, by the way, those numbers I rattled off, those were for the playoffs. So they're going to be higher than than you might think. In the regular season, it was virtually the same. Just take all those numbers down by a couple of points per game. That's about how it was. <laughs> but out, and out of every year he's played in the NBA, this is the only year he's ever played 82 games, okay? And he's 33 years old. So you can imagine, like, my, my thought process, and here, we'll bring up the playoff picture since we're kind of talking about it. Um, I thought this would be kind of a cool way to show it instead of doing it the way I did last episode where I was, like, down here in the little, in the, the championship slot where the Cavs and Warriors are right now. Um, but <laughs> I forgot where I was going with all of that. Oh. But I mean, he's, he's 33 years old. I thought that he was going to gas out by the second round. You know, if he managed to get a win in the first round against the Pacers, which he barely did in a game seven, which kind of had me going. I'm like, oh my gosh, my prediction was really accurate. And so that had me thinking like, there's no way now, especially that he gets through the Toronto Raptors who had the best record in the East by like a handful of games. You know, they were, I felt like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were kind of coming into their own and dominating that Eastern conference. Well, then the Cavs went on to sweep them for nothing. (laughs) So at this point, I'm like, I don't know what the hell to think anymore. And at this point is when I started thinking like, well, you know, I guess just last or a couple of years ago, he did come back from a three, one deficit against the warriors who had the best record of all time. So I, I kind of just like, it's LeBron. What are you going to do? You know, my prediction was thrown out the window. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to take the playoff picture back down. Oh my gosh. All oh, the transitions. <laughs> uh, I meant to turn those off. Jeez. I look like an amateur now. And we have people who've never been in here before. So now I just look like a real rookie. I'm really sorry about that. That's all right. Comedic effect or comedic, comedic relief is what I was doing there. I did that on purpose. All right. <laughs> and so I guess one thing that I want to talk about is that Curry kind of had to find his way. You know, it took him a long time to figure out how he's going to play his game in the NBA, how he's going to dominate. And we've come to find out that it's long range shooting, crazy dribbles, and just hitting the open guy. But mostly it's him shooting a lot of threes and wowing the crowd. Um, for LeBron, he's pretty much been dominant his entire career. And I, I think that's kind of an understood in the in the NBA basketball world these days is that Ever since LeBron came in the league, he's been fighting for wins in the playoffs, you know, and uh, which reminds me of a certain stat that's like um, MJ went to six NBA finals and he was the underdog zero times and he won six times. And then they like it showed a side by side with LeBron. It was like LeBron's been to the finals nine times or something like that. I think that's right. No, no, he was he was the underdog nine times and he's won. 
Oh, gosh. What was it? Oh, it was Elimination Games. That's what it was. He was a, in, 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 in Elimination Games. He had nine of them. Seven of them, he was the underdog. And he won. He was the underdog, nine of them. I don't even know, guys. Guys, I'm just making up shit now. I'm just making up stuff. I'm sorry. But basically, he's been the underdog a lot, and he's won more than he's lost. Um, I think what it was is he was the underdog nine times. He won seven of them. Two of them he lost. There we go. Got it figured out. Woo! Sorry it took me so long to get there. I'm just, it sounds like I'm struggling. My, I've noticed that my voice today is really like, bah, like really groggy. And I don't know if that's because of the crazy partying and celebrating for the wedding in Burley this weekend or what, but um, it's like residual, bah, like I'm groggy for all day. <laughs> but I promise I've been very, very productive. Um, so anyway, LeBron James has been dominant his whole career. Curry finally found his own, and he's just been dominant ever since. But we can't just say Curry's been dominant, though. He's had some great role players on his team um, in the time that they've been successful in the playoffs, these last four years especially. Um, Clay Thompson, for example, another guy who can shoot the three ball. Draymond Green, who's been an all-defensive guy. Um, he, I don't know if he's ever won the Defensive Player of the Year, but he's been a finalist before at least. Um and then you've got, well, since we're since we're right about there, then in 2017, they get a guy by the name of Kevin Durant, you know, some no-name guy. <laughs> Just kidding. He's clearly not a no-name. Dude won MVP that year. Um, no, he didn't. He won that when he was at OKC. What are you thinking? Man, that was like 2015 or 14. <laughs> See, when you start to freestyle and you just kind of go with the flow, you better know your stuff because I, I sound like I'm dumb right now, but I promise I'm not. I just, I'd like to keep it real. And by real, I mean inaccurate and and guessing <laughs> all the time. But that's okay. You guys, you guys understand. You know, I feel like my audience is very understanding. Just know that I didn't actually mean that he won MVP in 2017 because I know that's not true. He won finals MVP. Get it right. But they get a guy named Kevin Durant, and this dude, I mean, you know his body of work. He's a prolific scorer in every sense of the word, every spot on the floor. He can have a guy right in his face, put the ball over his head, and jump like six inches off the ground and put it in the hole from like 20 feet out. So he's not anything to mess with. And as if the Warriors weren't already good enough, they got this guy. And they basically waltz into the finals and they beat the, the Cavs 4-1. to one. Again, well, that's the I guess that's the worst they beat them in the finals at that point is 4-1 to one with Durant. And, you know, the entire all season long, the narrative was all on Kevin Durant being a snake and being uh, a traitor for leaving OKC and all this. Um, but, you know, I... The way I see it, it is just a, it's a business move, and I, I look at it like, you know, if you weren't happy at your job, or you you wanted to you wanted to pr pursue something that was one of your goals, um, wouldn't you take that opportunity if it arose? And so I think he kind of looked into that opportunity. He found a good fit, and now he's living in an area where he can do business. Um, when he's, you know, during the off season, he can make investments in businesses and stuff like that more easily rather than an OKC where the market's really small. 
Um, and my, my little comparison would be like, imagine a player like Kevin Durant coming to fruition in, in like Salt Lake city. That city is, it's not very big for an NBA city. I mean, you look at Cleveland, that's a huge sports city. They got football, they got basketball, they got big baseball, um, big city, you know, (laughs) and Salt Lake is just not that. And maybe Donovan Mitchell can kind of prove that narrative a little bit wrong in the coming years. It sounds like he wants to be a jazz, a a jazz player for life. Um, But I think his, he sees the potential with the team he's with, but as soon as he, as soon as that kind of crumbles a little bit, he might take off kind of like Gordon Hayward. I mean, well, that's a different story. Gordon Hayward made the playoffs and then they left. He left the next year, which really put them in a terrible situation. If they still had him with Donovan Mitchell, that team could have been crazy. Um, but we all know what happened to Gordon Hayward just for karma. But next year, cat or the Celtics are going to be crazy to watch considering they made it to the Eastern conference finals and gave the Celtics a run for their money without two of their star players. Just mind-blowing. That's all I have to say about that. But 2017, the Warriors basically won that finals, as predicted from early on in the season. But let's talk about 2018 and what my predictions were, just for a second. Because coming into this season, my thought was like, you know, just early on and all the mess that was happening with the Cavaliers, I just kind of thought, there's no way that LeBron makes it to the finals. This is going to be the year he just doesn't because especially when all the trade stuff happened in the, in the, before the trade deadline where they got rid of Isaiah Thomas, they picked up Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. Um, they, I think they picked up Kyle Korver. Um, I mean the same kind of stuff happened the year before where he was just like trying to get players around him and he got the players he wanted, but they didn't perform like he wanted them to. Um, and you could chalk that up to whatever, you know, name a factor of why somebody doesn't mesh with the team. And, that's probably it. Like, I mean, you got to be able to develop chemistry with those guys. And if you cut them off mid season, it's going to be hard for those new guys to develop some kind of chemistry. I mean, it's probably really exciting for Jordan Clarkson, a guy who's like envied Kobe Bryant and played with Kobe Bryant gets to play with one of the greats of all time, LeBron James, pretty cool for him, especially because he's kind of a scoring natural like LeBron. Um, but I mean, I, all my predictions about LeBron, like, I mean, I've, I have no disrespect for LeBron. I love the guy, everything he does on the court, off the court. He's all business. He's extremely intelligent with the game of basketball. I have nothing against LeBron James at all. I just like, I know that at the, at this point in a player like his career, you know, he's like 33, he's a big guy. He's been going hard every season like trying to be the best that he can be like he even said in an interview today that he doesn't believe in ceilings right and when he's at age 33 and having one of the best careers of his career that made no damn sense having one of the best seasons of his career you kind of have to throw all of your judgment out the window this guy is working hard he's putting in all all the work that you need to in order to perfect your craft you know, they say that you should be, you should practice for 10,000 hours to perfect your craft. This dude's done more than that. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. This dude is the epitome of what it means to stride for and achieve your dreams and more just by hard work and dedication. I mean, it helps that he was born into a big athletic body and he takes advantage of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
So I have no disrespect for LeBron James. And while we're on that topic, let me just dive right in. Like, I have a, I have some friends who absolutely hate LeBron James. And I don't know why that is. I mean, as like a, I don't know if, I don't even know if I'd call myself a basketball purist. I'm not entirely sure what that actually means. But as somebody who's, who focuses solely on basketball as like my primary sport, I do focus on other sports and stuff. Like, maybe I'm a little biased there, but I don't see how you can disrespect LeBron James or not like what he has done for the game of basketball. I mean, when MJ was in the, in the league, I mean, MJ was in the league when I was like really little, you know, like five, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Um, and they were winning championships. And so like, naturally that was the team I was watching as a kid because I'm like, well, that's exciting. They're winning. I want to be that team. Uh, I want to meet Michael Jordan. I want to be like Mike, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but then when Kobe came into the league, he's an 18 year old kid. And in my head, I was thinking like, that could be me in eight or 10 years. Like my brother's almost that age. Like that's not very far from now. So I should probably start working. And so, uh, Steven on Facebook just says cry baby LeBron. <laughs> yeah, he does complain a lot, but beyond that, if you can get beyond that, and there's a lot of players in recent times who who could be who who could be called crybabies. Shaq could be Kobe. Um, it's just those like old era guys who aren't, and that's why they have an issue with it. So, but I I do understand that it's a little bit like like uh, soccer. Um, I mean, James Harden even had one of those flops the other day, where like he got had an elbow swing by his face. It may not have been James Harden actually, but it was like this far from his face, and he's like Ugh, and like falls back onto the floor, and they call the foul. Um, but LeBron's had much worse, that's for sure. Flopping and crying a lot and, like, complaining to the refs. Complaining to the refs, bug, it bugs the crap out of me, but it doesn't take away from what they're doing when the game is happening. You know what I mean? I mean, there have been times where I've seen players, even LeBron James, like, complain about a call and just stand down at the other end of the court, and he's done that these playoffs. Um, they just stand down there. They don't get back on defense, and they know how that affects the game. Maybe in his head he's thinking, like, I'm going to save the energy this time around. Maybe he thought a timeout was coming up from his team if they missed a shot or made it on the other end. But anyway, I, I see the crybaby thing, but I think it's also a generational thing. Kobe Bryant, as much as I I idolized that dude growing up, he would piss me off sometimes with him not passing the ball or, um, or just complaining to the refs when – you know, that's not going to make them call the, like blow the whistle. You know, you, you stop and you like complain at the ref you're risking a technical and what's going to like, you can't sell them on that. All you, all that is doing is just letting them know that you're frustrated with the way they're calling the game. And if that's the way you want to do it, but um, maybe you just go over and talk to him and be like, Hey man, he keeps grabbing me. Don't like freak out and stop and stand there, you know? So Steven, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I just think in this, with, with that aside, um, uh, where I, I do think that is kind of a generational thing. And Kobe was like on the tail end of that early in his career, he wasn't really like that, but then it became hip and he's like, Ooh, I could do that too. It's a strategy. Um, I just think that the things that LeBron James is capable of doing and has done on the basketball court and off the basketball court for that matter, which I think plays into this quite a bit. I think it's very hard to dislike the guy. Um, and I've, I've had, I had friends tell me 
that I don't like. I just don't like LeBron. I'm like, how? Please explain. I want to know. And they go, I just don't like the way he does stuff off the court. And I'm like, like what? Like promoting equality or like, like using his platform to um, help educate kids who wouldn't otherwise be educated at the elementary level, middle school level, putting kids through college, you know, like he doesn't brag about it. How, what part of his off court stuff? Like if my friend came in and started telling, asking me about or calling me out on it, then maybe we'll have more information. But I just don't see how you can dislike what he's doing off the court. Um, and I think he's been a professional his entire career and I'm not being like a, like a, I'm not like fanboying right now or anything like that. Like I just have a lot of respect for LeBron. He's done a lot for the game of basketball. Again, to go back to my point of like you had MJ who like kids idolized, wanted to be like him. Then you had Kobe Bryant who was kind of um, a clone of Michael Jordan, if you will, in terms of playing style because he would literally copy his moves um, off of film. Uh, And everybody wanted to be like Kobe. And there are so many Lakers fans out there. There's so many Kobe fans just because of the success they've had. I mean, five rings, that's pretty good. And a lot of that has to do with the players he's surrounded with, you know. But then now, like, in this generation, like, Kobe, he's on the tail end of his. Or, I mean, LeBron. I'm talking about LeBron. He's on. He's sort of towards the on the downward slope of his career, if you will. I mean, he's he hit his peak, though. This year he had his best year ever, which is hard to believe. But it's true. And he hit his peak, and so now it's like, how can you top that? So being 33 years old, he could play seven more years. Who who knows? But kids of the <clears throat> like middle to the end of Kobe generation are looking at LeBron James as their next savior. You know what I mean? They they're looking at him as the guy that is setting the example for um, the next generation of players and how they should be carrying themselves. Um, one way to look at it is like. This is totally getting off of the NBA playoffs discussion, but when you when people talk crap on LeBron, I'm like, oh, I gotta say something about that. Uh, but I mean, something to, that puts it in perspective is like when Kobe was about to retire, like you know, the last handful of years before he retired, there were kids coming into the NBA who idolized him as kids growing up, and they wanted to be like him, and in, and then they get to play with them, and then like you saw in the Eastern Conference Finals where Jason Tatum, he's only 20 years old right now. LeBron's 33. So when LeBron came into the league, he's like, you know, I don't know how old he was when he met him, but Jason Tatum got to meet him, took a picture with him, and it's like the guy that Jason Tatum was somewhat idolizing when he was coming up as a young man, he now gets to got to play against him in the ultimate stage of basketball in a game seven of the Eastern conference finals. How cool is that? So that kind of makes you look ahead towards the future. Like who's going to take the torch from LeBron? Like DeMar DeRozan has been doing pretty dang good. James Harden is up there too. Russell Westbrook. You got other players like, I mean, Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant could be one of the highest scoring players of all time. Just cause he's so prolific and he's so versatile. So it's like, who's going to take the torch? I don't know. But going into 2018 NBA Finals, let's talk about this year. Let me get some water because that was a big rant. Okay. 
Oh, man. So, when I st- starting off talking about the 2018 NBA Finals, I just want to mention a few things that I heard on the radio just today. Um, pretty much everything that ESPN Radio has been covering right now is NBA Finals. It's just... It's one of the, I mean, there have been talks even on actually on ESPN radio. I've heard people saying that the NBA has surpassed the NFL as America's sport. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and said that publicly like over a year ago. And I think it's definitely true um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I mean, there's talks about like the, you know, the, the silent protesting that's been going on in the NFL. There's talks about um, the fact that, there's like brain injuries going on in the NFL and they're not really um, handling it that well. I mean, they introduced the blue tent, but then you've had situations where Russell Wilson peeks his head in the tent. He's like, Oh, I'm clear. Okay. And he goes back out on the field. He had a guy who had a practically had a seizure on the field and he played the same game. Like the NFL has got some problems. Okay. The NBA, it's a lot more intimate. You can get to know your, your, the players you like easier the games are much closer, not not nearly as huge as an NFL stadium. So if you feel close to the guys on the court, um, you can go watch them practice. Oh, man, it's great. It's great. But <clears throat> I got off topic again. <laughs> but, I mean, right now, the NBA is the sport to be watching. NHL is also up there. But uh, being predominantly an American sport, basketball is what's being covered. And I, hockey doesn't get the love it deserves. Just like rock and roll doesn't get the love it deserves at the Grammys, K. That's kind of how it goes. It's the it's a popularity thing. And I think that in America, the NBA is it's the guy. It's the thing. So just today on my lunch break, I was going to take care of my brother's dog. Uh, just driving over through the neighborhoods here and taking care of the puppy. And on the way over there, Stephen A is talking to Isaiah Thomas on his ra- uh, midday radio show. And I'm not talking about like the mighty IT, the little guy, the mighty mouse, mouse in the house IT. I'm talking about Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, like the Isaiah Thomas. Okay. And Isaiah Thomas is like basically talking about how crazy this, this postseason has been in the East and in the West. And, uh, talking about how James Harden didn't fail the Rockets with his performance. You know, he, he's a smart dude. He, Keeps it chill, keeps it real, keeps it 100, as the kids are saying. Um, but he's he started talking a little bit, and then he gets to the point where he's trying to make where he's like, you know, I, I have to give the Cavs a chance to win this year. I have to do it. And Stephen A just like, and I know a lot of people don't like Stephen A, but I'm referencing him because he's a he's a dominant or a, he's a prominent figure in the NBA world, especially, but really in sports in general. But Isaiah Thomas is like, I have to give the Cavs a chance solely on the fact that LeBron came back from a three, one deficit against that 73 and nine warriors team who looked unbeatable as all get out. You know, I mean, granted it was a game seven, but that's all the window that LeBron James seems to need. You know, I mean, coming into the season, I'm not an expert by any means, but I I watch a ton of basketball. I know Steven here watches a ton of basketball, but what, coming into these NBA playoffs, in my mind, I'm thinking like after an 82 games played season, LeBron James does not have the legs to carry him through past the second round. And then he proved me wrong. And I'm like, 
Okay, so you win a game seven in the first round, and then you go and sweep the Raptors. What? And this is all two years after he came back from a 3-1 deficit when I thought he didn't have the gas then because how could you bet against a team that's up 3-1? Has two more home games. Three more home games. Two more. i got to do my math in my head as I go. So I even thought LeBron, I, I counted him out already and be like going into the playoffs with my predictions. I also didn't even pick him as the MVP, even though he probably deserves to be MVP every single year. <laughs> Um, I picked James Harden just because that's the NBA system. He's the type of guy they would pick. Um, based on the regular season, I still think that they are going to give it to James Harden. But LeBron, though, <laughs> if he wins it, I will not be upset, my, even if my prediction's wrong. Like, if I could change my prediction, I'd be like, and if and if they could weigh in on it after the regular season's over, you know, based on how their their performance through the playoffs which I don't think they count as much as they used to. Um, I would give it to LeBron James. This dude has nobody around him helping him win these games. Nobody. And when I say nobody, I'm going to reference some some notes I got from Spain and Fitz just a little while ago, just around 5 o'clock on my, my drive home to pick up some goods for the show. Um, Fitz on Spain and Fitz from the ESPN radio mentioned that Kevin Love is the only other player besides LeBron on the Cavs right now who averaged double-digit points on the Cavs this season. Just let that sink in for a second. Only player who averaged double double digits are Kevin Love and LeBron James. Everybody else on the Cavs, you know, like I don't know if he's talking about like Jordan Clarkson. Like I feel like he averaged more at the Lakers this year. But since he's been on the Cavs, he has not averaged 10 points a game. Kyle Korver hasn't averaged 10 points a game. J.R. Smith. Isaiah Thomas is gone. He was pretty productive at some points. So Fitz's point was, you know, who is going to score besides LeBron James? And, and since we're on this topic, they have injured players. Kevin Love missed game six and seven due to a concussion protocol. He bumped heads with somebody. And he's still questionable for game one tomorrow. And they need him. He's the only other guy that's been able to score. So unless Jordan Clarkson can step it up and George Hill can get going, this Cavs team is really going to struggle. And I think that those numbers right there are exactly why people are counting them out. Like they're saying this is like, this is like the most underdog finals we've seen in so many years, you know. Uh, It's been the biggest split. Uh, in terms of who is expected to win uh, odds and all that stuff. And Stephen Foster says Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. That dude's going to be a torch torch grabber. Him, Devin Booker, I think, is up there. I really like Devin, Devin Booker, too. Uh, his voice, too, is very deep. I don't know how his voice is so deep. Um, kind of like Dikembe Mutombo. His voice is crazy. But, yeah, Jason Tatum, he's going to be a th- uh, uh, torch grabber from LeBron. And, anyways, Isaiah Thomas is giving LeBron the chance to come back from or to win this finals because he was able to come back from a 3-1 deficit a couple of years ago and because he was able to win a game seven, go on and sweep a team who was the number one in the East. 
And then he goes on to win seven games against the Boston Celtics. And this is the four seed going into the NBA Finals. Wouldn't be any other way without LeBron, or it would be other way, another way without LeBron James. Um, and by the way, Stephen, like when you comment for some reason, when I, I have to come over to my comment section and scroll down. They're not popping up like they should be because Facebook is dumb. So if I, that's why the, the me replying was a little delayed there. Just thought I would let you know. But anyway. On top, on this, in the same show with Stephen A. A little bit later on in the day, he went on to say something along the lines of, "Great basketball players have great coaches." You know, think about the Boston Celtics, and they have a 20, 20 year old and Jason Tatum, like we were just talking about him a second ago. Twenty years old, really young, Jalen Brown. He's like twenty one, and they they're like some of the highest scoring players on their team right now when they don't have Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. And they're a rookie and a, and a sophomore player in the NBA. They're barely not teenagers, you know, and they're some of their highest scoring players. Brad Stevens is a dang good coach, which scares me to think of like what they're going to do to the Cavs next year when they have both of those guys, um, Kyrie and, and Gordon Hayward. <clears throat> So Isaiah Thomas is talking about, you know, Kobe had, or MJ had Phil Jackson. Kobe also had Phil Jackson and basically goes on to explain like great players had great coaches, but who in the hell gave LeBron James his basketball knowledge? What father figure coach in his life got him where he is today? Go ahead and name all the coaches he's, he's had in his basketball career. I'll wait. I'll wait. <clears throat> you got Coach Mike Brown from Cleveland. Ty Lue, uh, his high school coach, whoever that is. Um, <clears throat> I just don't know. I mean, they they, they had uh, Pat Riley. He was in Miami for a while. I don't think he coached LeBron, though. I think that he was just like a GM, which is not not a coach. <laughs> So I guess what I'm trying to say is the coaches that LeBron has had have not been as successful, nearly as successful. They're, they're like a flash in a pan when it comes to having successful teams. They didn't, they weren't successful because of the team failed. They were successful because LeBron got them as far as they did. That's pretty much how what it came down to. And there's a lot of talk about how the Cavs have been managed over the, especially over recent years. And that so-and-so needs to be fired. Dan Gilbert, I think is his name, something like that. Um, hey, hey, JJ. I think that's how you'd say that. <laughs> Thumbs up right back to you. Can I insert an emoji too while I'm while I'm doing the show? Let me see. Oh, oh yeah. There we go. I'm sending emojis while we do the show. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> um, Anyways, that's why I need to tune into tune into the live Facebook show. People who are listening uh, elsewhere, or if you watch on YouTube, that's fine. Clay, I got you. I know you're always good to watch from YouTube. You're my boy. Uh, anyways, don't want to get too sidetracked here. Coming up on just about an hour of doing this show, but Isaiah Thomas has a really good point. Like LeBron James is just sort of, he's just been like a student of the game basically. He's I I feel like he's probably watched the most film of any player of all time. That's probably what it is, you know, like how, how do you get so good at this? Have the IQ that he has, have the, the 
the understanding of the spacing of the floor and predicting plays before they happen. How do you have that? It's just like something that you're good at, or do you practice it? I want to know what his regimen is. And, and you know, when it's kind of sad, I wouldn't, I was, I was going to say morbid, but they're not dying. When NBA players retire, I'm always hoping for awesome documentaries where they sort of explain the way they did things and the way they are. And Kobe's starting to do that now, which is really exciting. He's like, He's doing the detail show where he highlights a player from every game or something like that. Maybe not every game, but like every series and talks about their performance and why they did as good as they did, why they should, how they can improve, etc. Like kind of showing his basketball mind off a little bit. And then Kobe's also coming out with a book that talks about um, how he got to where he is, the type of work he had to do to get there. Um, I think all of that's very interesting. And LeBron is like a, man, he is like a, the way Isaiah Thomas put it, he is the genius. He's the Einstein of that operation. And I don't disagree with him one bit. So, very interesting. But basically, going into these 2018 NBA Finals, we've got Andre Iguodala, who's out for Game 1 with a... <coughs> I think he, like, bashed his knee with somebody. At least I think that's what happened. Like, bang knees, and so he's he's been out for a couple games, kind of like Kevin Love. So... Kevin Love's questionable. Iguodala's out. Iguodala does come off the bench, but he is a impactful role player. Um, he plays extremely valuable minutes. Always active, very good at uh, good on defense, uh, and he can make some pretty big highlight plays on offense as well. Um, without Kevin Love, you know what are the Cavs? They'd be missing their only other player on their team, who's averaged ten or double digits with them this year. And I feel like that stat is getting a little bit diluted just because some players weren't with them the entire year. But still, Jordan Clarkson even should be coming off the bench and getting more than 10 points. That's how he did it in L.A. this year. So I don't know, man. This this is going to be a great series. I mean, just because it is a re-re-rematch, there's going to be a lot of respect paid from um, both sides, both teams, because they know what it takes to get to, to one championship let alone four in a row. It's kind of like a, oh, hey, old friend, how you doing? Now let's let me beat your ass in this game real quick. It's kind of like that, like seeing an old friend go and play some golf. Um, good to see him, but really just want to beat the crap out of him on the scoreboard. <laughs> but, man, I'm I'm just really excited for it. I hope it's not as lopsided as the whole world is thinking uh, with you know the, the Warriors being the major favorites in this. You do have to remember that Steph Curry just came back from a recent injury where he tweaked his knee. Uh, it was like an, uh, what was it, like a sprained MRI or, or MRI? What the heck? The MRI revealed that it was like a sprained MCL or something like that. And he was out for a handful of games, missed some of the playoffs this year. So shall he re-aggravate that injury? This series could be on its head in an instant. He is one of those players, you know. I mean, they do have Kevin Durant, Clay, Draymond, and, and all that, but without Steph Curry, he's the guy who creates your speed. He creates your open passing lanes. He spreads the floor out, and he finds you if you're open. Even if you're not open, he's going to squeeze the ball in there and make you put up a layup or something. So he's a big impact player on that team, and that's probably a given. Um, and, I mean, with that, the Warriors do have home court advantage. Let me pull up the playoff picture here. This just kind of shows how we got to where we are right now. 
Uh, Cleveland, number four seed, going up against the Golden State Warriors, number two seed. Um, very unexpected of the Cavs to go this far, but um, what do you know? They've done it again. Uh, by the way, I need to make a I need to make a thumbnail for the YouTube video. By the way, if you're not subscribed yet, head over to YouTube and do a search for Abstract Sports. Look for this little logo, the A with the S running through the legs. Um, and uh, give us a subscribe. Like some of our videos. And if you can't catch the live show, that's a good way of catching the chopped down version. Uh, it's not really super edited. It's I really just trim off the ends, call it good. But um, if you'd like to take in your content that way, go ahead and, and subscribe. Um, I'm going to make a thumbnail now. What should I do? Do I have any props? Oh, I know. Since we're talking about finals. By the way, these little guys over here, if you can't see, for anybody who's listening on Anchor or Stitcher or any third-party thing like iTunes, I have like five little Lego basketball players. You can see James Harden really well because he's wearing all red. Got a Kobe in a home jersey, a Kobe in an away jersey, a Blake Griffin, and I got this guy, LeBron James. <laughs> Somebody by the name of LeBron James. So since we're talking finals, I'm going to put LeBron James in the forefront of this picture here. And it's going to be my thumbnail for the YouTube video. Let me get my face out of the way. Focus on LeBron, camera. Why won't you focus? Oh, oh there it is. Oh, I had it for one second. Oh. There we go. That should do it. <laughs> Man, that was really hard. So basically, I do that. I have to pause, kind of like freeze frame for a few seconds so that when I'm going through and editing the podcast, I can know where the dead spot is and grab that screenshot and use it as the thumbnail. <laughs> Tedious work it is running a YouTube channel. But now let me just kind of give some predictions, okay? So we know that the Warriors have home court advantage. They're coming off of a game seven against the Houston Rockets. Cavaliers are coming off a of game seven also on the road against the Boston Celtics. Okay. Two very good teams. Pulled it out in seven games. And one way you can try to break this down is maybe look at those the four teams in the conference finals and say, like, who would beat who if, if, if these teams didn't go on to the finals? So if it was Rockets-Celtics, who would win between that matchup? And be like, oh, the Celtics would win. And if that's the case... We know that Golden State would beat Boston in theory because, yeah, <laughs> because reasons, right? Ah, it's really hard. So anyways, with Golden State having home court advantage, Kevin Love possibly being out, and, and I know Iguodala is out for sure, Um. I think that the Warriors are going to win both of their games at home. Oh, man. I don't see any way that the Cavs are going to win a game in, in Oakland at all. But 
You never know with LeBron, man. This this is a really hard one to predict because he's been so unpredictable these entire playoffs. You know what I mean? Because like I like right now, I seriously just want to be like the home teams are going to win. It's going to go to Game Seven, and the Warriors are going to win in Game Seven. But that's sort that's such a cop out. Like I honestly do think the Warriors are going to put them into an elimination uh, mindset. The the Cavs will either get will get one of the two games at home. Uh oh. What did I just do? Oops. Didn't mean to do that. Um, so the Cavs are going to get one of the games at home, but that means that if they only get one at home, they're going to they're be going back to Oakland for an elimination game in game five. And I just kind of think that's what we're facing. And so I guess my prediction is that. I think that the Warriors are going to win both games at home. I'm not sure what the scores are going to be, but it's going to be wins. Cavs are going to pick up one game at home. Probably, I'm going to say the first game at home, just because they have that momentum switch. They've sort of hit the reset button, able to like gather themselves a little bit after the traveling time and come back to their home court. So they'll get like game three. Then the Warriors will get game four. And then game five in Oakland, this is where I think it's different from a couple of years ago. I think it, I think it's more like the 2015 finals where the Warriors beat them 4-1. Or 2017, I mean, sorry, where they have Kevin Durant. So two years ago. No, that was last year. Yeah, that was last year. It's going to be more like last year. <laughs> oh, I'm all twisted around in my head talking about four different past NBA finals. Holy cow. But yeah, I think the Warriors will get it in five. Cavs will win game three, but... The Warriors are just going to turn it up. They're not going to have anything for them. I want it to be closer than that as an NBA fan. I want the finals to be drawn out to a game seven if possible. I just don't see it happening, guys. Let me know what you think, though. Um, I definitely appreciate everybody coming through uh, the Facebook live chat this week. Had some people in here I've never seen before, which is always great to see new faces. Please like and follow this page if you want to be notified when we go live next week. We try to go live somewhere between 8 and 9 Eastern time. Uh, But we go live here on Facebook exclusively. That may change down the road, but it's important for you to like and follow so that we, uh, you know where we're going to be and when. uh, Because you never know. I'm a little bit unpredictable. It's a one-man crew. And as you can tell, I, I do a lot of stuff. I mean, I do. I put, I put together everything on this. So, um, things are always changing. Just know that. Uh, but once again, if you, uh, are uh, interested in keeping up with us on any platform. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, here on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Just look for Abstract Sports. Our handle is the same everywhere. Um, And uh, give us a follow and subscribe, and hopefully we can hit you with some good content. Where I am a one-man team, it's a little bit hard. With that being said, if you want to contribute or get involved with Abstract Sports, um, whether you want to be, you know, write some articles for the blog, or maybe you want to start your own podcast or contribute some episodes to a podcast of some kind, um, or even be a guest contributor on the Facebook page or the Instagram page, um, I'd be happy to help you with that and uh, you know work something out with you. Um, so go ahead and shoot me an email. You can email me at hello at abstractsports.com. Uh, drop us a message here on the Facebook page. Or you can uh, go to abstractsports.com slash contact and send us an email via the contact form there. Um, 
I mean, we're always looking to expand. We don't have any budget for paying. I mean, I've been I have been doing this for free myself the last year and a half or so. Um, so just just know that it's sort of like an internship, um, and you're helping build something that I'm extremely passionate about. And I can give you more of that information if you approach me about it. Uh, but if you want to be a supporter, rather other than being a listener, reader, or viewer, uh, please go to abstractsports.com/support. On that page, you can uh, give a generous donation to our PayPal account uh, where it helps us put some money towards the website where we house everything that Abstract Sports is about. Give it the blog, the you know the podcast, any kind of YouTube videos that we put up on there and talk about. Um, we do a lot of NBA 2K League content. Um, I've been really big into that lately. Um, and so you'd be helping us keep the website online for years to come. And everything we can get is greatly appreciated. $1, $5, whatever. It's all you. Uh, and so with that, I want to say thank you once again to everybody who came through this week. I appreciate you guys. You're awesome. And uh, we'll see you around the same time next week. Same place. All right. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.